Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs podcast with your hosts, Jeremy and Mr. Probs. Look, worship leading can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode number 23 of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Whew. 23, baby. That's right, dude. Still going strong. I got to be honest, I'm a little nervous going into this episode. You are? Because it's, it's been two weeks since we've recorded anything. I know. So I'm try- I hope I remember how to do this. <laughs> It seems like it's we're starting afresh. We are. We're hoping that the spirit falls afresh on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Dude, do you see the cat in the back? I do. Over my shoulder. I, I think I've seen multiple cats walk through the You probably have. The pic the picture. So, dude, you've been you've been uh you've been out of it for a couple of weeks and doing some traveling and stuff. How's it how's it feel being back? You know, it feels uh, good on some levels. It feels yeah. mixed on others. So, so I know we're not to the prayer concern section yet, but yeah. <laughs> let's just let the listeners know the first thing you're hit with getting back. Yeah. So I've been out for two week, two weekends. And, uh, so we have Saturday night service. So we're recording this on Sunday. So last night I'm walking through the, uh, the building after between rehearsal and the service. Um, and our, like, backstage space is not backstage it's like in another part of the building so i'm walking through the building and uh, there's a couple things i've got to do and i'm 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 kind of focused and i'm so i i walk through i'm walking through the building and this this uh one of my guitar players is like hey 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 this lady's this lady's coming for you and i was like oh good and so it was it happened to be an older lady um most of my interactions with her have been very kind and all and she goes hey now again, I've been out for two weeks. Yeah, she says, "Hey, I was just wanting to ask when you do your music, which I'm like, oh man, this is not going to be good. When you do your music, would there be a way for you to include a hymn?" And I said to her, "Hey, we're gonna we're doing one tonight. You're gonna love it. Will it be regular?" <laughs> and i'm assuming she means like did you tomlin it up and throw a new chorus in or whatever and i was sneaky on it sneaky pull a little sneaky so i told her i'm like it's gonna be you're gonna love it it's gonna be regular well yes well just we want one every week and i'm like (laughs) oh lord we want one every week like we're in a the starbucks drive-thru you know ordering our yeah and and i was like well i want it because i kind of am all about this probably to a fault. I'm all about realistic expectations. So I said to her, I want to be honest with you. I don't know that we're going to do one every week because that's not really how we plan worship, like a checklist, you know, like, do we have our hymn this week? We're we're, going to plan an experience for you to connect with Jesus. And if that's, if you come to do that, I promise you're going to have that. And so we've talked about this before. Anytime as a pastor, anytime you say anything to them, yeah, that can remotely be considered like a pushback. They are like, <gasps> like aghast. Yeah. Like she, she, our eyes got real big, and I was like, "So, hey, you know, uh, hope you enjoy, you know, worship 
worship tonight i gotta go and so i just <laughs> took off walking oh man and so then i get on planning center and i find out out of the last 10 weekends we have done a hymn in seven of the weekends now nice. for us that is a lot yeah um and it just has worked out that way my pastor is never a not a quota guy in any way he's like you know what you plan the service and use the songs that fit if a yeah. hymn is if a hymn is a song that fits, use it. If not, you're not under any requirement for me. Um, so yeah, seven out of ten. That's yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and after being gone for two weeks, that's yeah. one of the first things you're hit with. Let's so I, go. I, text, I text Jeremy and I was like, my life is a living meme. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Dude, I am so hyped for this afternoon. Um, so one of the things that we try to be really intentional at with the church that I'm at is many of our events that we do within the worship arts ministry. And when I say worship arts ministry, I want that includes production that, and also includes singers, stage people, right? So in worship arts ministry, we work really hard to do as much together as possible. Love that. So like if we do a team training night, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll bring the entire group of worship team from the stage, media team, bring us together in one room. Because I think it's important that even though like the worship pastor and myself and our setup, if you look at an org chart, we're on the same level. Mm -hmm. He is still charged with what's happening overall in the services. And so I think my team need to hear the vision from him mm. as the one that has been brought in to oversee the worship service uh, of our church. And so a lot of times we'll come together and they'll they'll hear vision and what's on his heart. I might share something else. And then when it gets into the nitty gritty, then we'll split up and I'll take my team and we'll go to another room and he stays together. But we don't mm. do stuff very often that's just the media team or just the worship team. And so um, because I think of the fact that I, a lot of my leadership and what I've learned, I came up under our, our worship pastor when I was his assistant. Um, we kind of really try to run our ministries like small groups. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a major family component to what we do um, and how we minister to the, 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 the sheep that God's given us in each of our ministries. Well, today is like the seventh or eighth annual Pathway Church annual pig roast. Nice. And so um, on the back half of our property, uh, we've got a a K through 12th grade school uh, also at our church. And so there's soccer fields, really nice playground, basketball field uh, courts. And so we will go out and we literally will bring in like a 100 pound pig that has cooked for 14 hours and we'll, we provide all the meat, everybody brings sides and we will literally just hang out for three or four hours. We're not sharing any business. We, you know, we're, we'll pray. And then it's literally just three or four hours of fellowship between worship and the media team. And awesome. so we've got a cornhole tournament scheduled. People will be playing Frisbee. We had a kickball tournament one year. Um, and so, and today it's, it's a beautiful day in Florida. It's blue skies and uh, 90 degrees when I got in my holy car. Moly, holy moly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, so, so today's the pig roast. So as soon as we get done recording with this, I head back into town and we're just going to go hang out with some people. That sounds afternoon. incredible. Oh, dude. And the guy that's cooking our pig this year. So I've cooked it two or three different times. I've cooked it for, you know, we rent, rent the big cooker, buy the big pig, you know, prep it up and cook it. Dude, this guy is like the backyard Bobby Flay chef. 
Like nice. everything he brings in, it's so good. And when I heard he was cooking the pig this year, I was so excited. So that's incredible, man. Yeah. I wish I was there. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not super expensive. I think you get the pig for like a hundred bucks and you'll feed a hundred people with it. No Are problem. Are you kidding? Wow. No, it's, it's, it's insane. Dude, that's a fantastic <laughs> idea, man. Yeah. And I know this is the worship leader probs podcast, but if you just go to your local grocery store, so whether it's Kroger or Winn-Dixie for us in the South Publix, you can just go right to the meat counter and order a whole pig. That's fantastic. So, yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's good because it just builds relationship with everybody. So what's if you're not favorite, doing that in your church, what's your favorite I, I part of the pig? It. Um, probably the rib meat. Nice. Oh yeah. So that I'm couple a, of years that of I, oh yeah. That couple of years that I cooked it, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd pull the pig off the cooker right in front of everybody. And then we'd pull it right there. Oh wow. And you know, you're sampling as you're, as you're absolutely that, man. That meat that's around the rib cage is, uh, it is debased. Nice. Nice. Very nice. So it's going to be, a, it's going to be a good day. So. That's awesome. Speaking of the based, uh, our followers are climbing the ladder for us, man. They are the based. We're almost to 42,000. Golly. Dude. Instagram followers almost. And you know what happens, you guys, when we get to 50, now, we got some plans, some some stuff to help us get there. We've got some special stuff we're going to be sharing and all that. But we need you. Tell your teams. Tell your worship leader friends. Post it on Facebook. Do whatever you have to do. We need your help to get to 50K. That's right. And here's the deal. Y'all have no clue how many ideas we have. We've got a Google doc that we share between us for all the ideas we have to do. Like once people know who Mr. Probs is and it's like three pages long of notes. So help us get there. And there are so much cool stuff that we're going to be able to do with this ministry. Absolutely. And ministry is the great word for it. Ministry community. Um, I think what our dream is again, we've talked about this before. We want to be the guys that you think about when you when you're facing something in ministry or you need prayer or you need counsel or just a sounding board. We want to be yeah. the guys that you think of. Yep. And so we want this to be a community. And uh, we're working on some ideas to make that happen. So it's funny, the other day I was doing my my nightly walk and I went back and I listened to episode one of our podcast. And I, and I, if I remember right, we hadn't even hit 25,000 yet. And now we're sitting at 42,000. Wow. Isn't that inc- it's crazy. It's unbelievable. And it's because of you, the listener. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Oh, and okay. So real quick, let me talk about this. So one of the things that happened while uh, Mr. Prowse was, was, was out of town as I was running the account for a while, which by the way, you're a saint and your crown in heaven for doing this is going to be ginormous if you believe in that. Um, but one day uh, there's a friend, friend of mine who I've never actually met, uh, but we've, we've been in some similar circles. And so his wife was having major, major health issues. Like they thought she had myo carditis where like the heart is swelling and they thought six or eight months of recovery like it was it was bad they've got three or four young boys and so i knew she was in for a procedure and so i asked his permission and we shared it on the worship leader prop story and we were just inundated with, hey i'm praying hey i'm praying hey i'm praying okay guys 
get your goosebumps ready because here's the deal. I get a text message later on that night from him after we shared this to the 40,000 of you and many of you who, who prayed for Angela Smith to find out it wasn't that at all. She had a uh, blood clot in the Widowmaker area of the heart. They were able to go in and put a stint in. She was going to be on bed rest for like six months. Two days later, she's up walking around. Praise God. Wow. Like it, the greatest answer to prayer that yeah. they found what this thing was. And I believe so much there, all the people that prayed for Angela. Mm-hmm. And so gosh, thanks guys for doing wow. that. I know it blessed Dan and I have texted a couple of times and Dan um, just was so blessed by all of it. Mm-hmm. Dan's a, Dan's a good dude. Dan's the audio director for Willow Creek up in Chicago. And so man, thanks wow. for praying for that, man. That's incredible. That's, that's uh that's exactly, that's a bullseye for what we want this community to be. 100%. We want to make you laugh. We want to be there for you spiritually. And uh, we're thankful we get to do that. So, Amen. Yeah. bro, I think it's time. Let's get into our MVPs. Loving this, man. Loving this. Uh, you can nominate your MVPs. Go to the website, worshipleaderprobs.com. Click on the MVP tab. And fill out the form. Uh, so this week, our volunteer MVP is Noah Aguan. Noah plays bass, runs sound, and volunteers for the junior high ministry at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship. Noah serves nearly every Sunday, either on bass, sound, or leading our junior high small group. He leads with humble kindness and willingness. We love his servant's heart. Plus, anyone who loves working with junior hires deserves an award. That is, that is, that is truth right there. <laughs> yep. Noah Aguan. Woo. My niece um, is in middle school. And when I see all those kids hanging out, I'm like, mm. oh no. Jesus that that is one area of ministry I'm glad I'm not called to. Me too, brother. Me too. Holy moly. Our staff MVP is Tim Bottoms. Tim is the worship pastor at Brushy Creek Baptist Church. Tim has an incredible heart for people and natural musical talent that could only be from the Lord. Uh, He's passionate about choir and orchestra, as you can see by the incredible worship experience at Brushy Creek. Tim also serves on the Experience Conference ministry team. That's what you're on, right? I am on that with Tim. You know Timmy. I do know Timmy. Does he go by Timmy? He does now. Timmy B. <laughs> Timmy B. Or, or T Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing like when we post the, uh, the picture of Tim, as we do for all of our MVP, he's got one of the best beards in the game. Oh, yeah. Like he's who, he's who I'm trying to catch Whoa. up to beard wise. Is, oh, yeah. is this longer than yours? His is longer than mine, I think. I don't know. Oh. Mine's pretty long right Yours now. Yours is pretty long right now. I got a new barber. Doesn't it look good? It does look good. <laughs> it almost looks fake at this point, I feel like. Yeah, it looks like a clip-on. Yeah, my barber is begging me to go to a beard competition because he thinks I could win in my... Because so you enter into categories by beard size. And so wow. apparently you can win prizes by having a nice beard. Well... Buddy, you need to do it. Maybe. <laughs> do I'd like to get okay, I'd like to get Tim and his senior pastor on at some point. So their church has been around since like the seventeen hundreds. 
Holy like this church moly. has been around for years and years and years. And they have recently done a style change Oof. to what they've been doing. And he explained to me the process in like the spiritual nature in which they did it. Um, I just feel like they would have, they'd have some good things to say. Um, so, and Tim, Tim was at, um, uh, Ronnie Floyd's church for a long time. And Ronnie was the president of the Southern Baptist convention. Mm. Tim used to be the worship pastor there. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. We need to have them on transition, man. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. That transition is, uh, can be challenging. It is the base. (laughs) (laughs) But Hey, do you know what is the base? Our prayer concerns. On this segment of the podcast, uh, we like to take um, all of the prayer concerns that you guys get on your connection cards that you send into us um, and read them. And so many times, uh, where we have those those places on our on our connection cards for people to be able to tell their story or, or share something that they need prayer over, people will let us know that it's too loud, or we don't like the worship leader's <laughs> tones, or they they just put all of their complaints in there. And so you guys have been very faithful into sending some of those into us. And so, Mister Probs. What do we got this week? Got some good ones. So, uh, and by the I'm way, excited. last week was all of our prayer concerns combined into one giant, one giant episode. episode. It was awesome, man. I was and we laughing. got so many comments about people who loved it. So, <laughs> all right, prayer concern number one. Last week, I was approached by someone who was interested in joining the worship team for quote body movement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means, man. What is that? What? For body movement? Body movement. So they yeah. want to move their bodies? They want to move their bodies. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. Is there a lot right. of body movement to contemporary worship? You know, um, I, I certainly don't know everything. Um, in, in my place, there's not a ton of body movement. No. And in, in our, I'm trying to think, like, what's a song I could body move on? Look, nobody wants this to see this body move. No, I actually do. You do? <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually got some moves for a big guy. You do? Well, we need, so to, hear, we need to see it. Move. Let justice. I mean, you got to get the body move into that. Party. Yeah. C-Mac. C-Mac. Who I actually ended up running. I was at Dollywood two weeks ago, and we just happened to run into each other randomly at Dollywood. Unbelievable. Like, yeah, you didn't good. know he was there. You just nope. were walking through. And he through. didn't know I was there. And I was walking through, and all of a sudden, I hear, Jeremy? <laughs> and I look over, and he runs over, and he gives me a hug. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> what are you awesome. doing here? That's awesome. So. He's such a good dude, man. Okay, prayer concern number two. Can you hear the click okay in your monitor? <clears throat> yes, I know I was off on the last song. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah. Okay. So, number three, this guy sent us a picture. 
Okay, yeah. and I'm trying to read the, the person's handwriting. And it says, following a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> the good. Songs were not repetitious. They had verses and refrains. Good message. The bad. Way too loud. <laughs> and the ugly. <laughs> Gosh. I challenge you to wear a polo or button-down shirt. You are the minister of music. No t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> you know what, though? There's a part of me that goes, you know, I may listen to that because they put some time into that one. It's pretty structured, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so here's here's my last one. Here's my last one. Our last one. Is it bad that like I get sad because I don't want them to end? I don't want them to end either. I know. And by the way, keep sending them in because you guys are driving this this car, okay? Oh, yeah. Okay, so here's the last one. I will be in the hospital for a very minor procedure and would like the pastor to be there. Please don't send a deacon or the, quote, worship pastor this time. I want a real pastor. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You guys, man, I get And it sounds so unbelievable, but if you've worked in a church for even a week, you you know these are all oh, legit, yeah. man. Oh my gosh, that oh, is fantastic. Oh. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for sending in your prayer concerns. Don't forget, you can go to info at worshipleaderprobs.com and you can send us an email and just, you can take a picture of the comment card itself or you can uh, just email to us. I appreciate that. Or you can even go to, uh, if you'd like to, go to our, our website at www.worshipleaderprobs.com. Click on the MVP page and you could just submit it that way. So thanks again for being part of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. So good. Yeah, dude. All right. So let's get into our final segment on the podcast that we call Sliding into the DMs. So this, this part of the podcast is always a lot of fun for Mr. Probs and I because we get to kind of chat and share some things and share our heart. Uh, but in, in the Instagram account, we just get we get a lot of questions in the DMs. And so uh, we thought, why not use the podcast to be able to answer some of those questions? Because um, you can only do so much in uh, in the Instagram account with typing. And so it gives us a chance to kind of expound a little deeper on some of the questions you have for us on Instagram. And so, Mr. Probs, what are we talking about this week? So the DM this week is, how do you lead or pastor people through big shifts in ministry? Ooh, that's a good one. Why don't yeah. you start? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So that you know, it, how do you how do you lead or pastor people? I think I think the one of the key words in that question is lead. Yes. Um, I think, um, you know, certainly there are there are churches that just walk in one day and decide to do things differently and. That would not be my first choice. Um, certainly, if if there's if you can't avoid doing it that way, you know I don't I can't speak. To, we can't speak to every specific situation, but um, I would say, uh, you know, big shifts in ministry, man. Uh, it has to be. It has to take leadership. It has to be intentional. It has to be uh, communicated. 
Yep. Um, you know, people like what they like and they are creatures of habit for the most part. And so, um, big shifts in ministry, you know, a couple of years ago, we went through a big shift in ministry at our church and this is a really long, uh, story. And so I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but we, we needed to end our, our choir ministry. And I am, I've spent my whole career directing church choirs. And so I'm not anti-choir in any way. It just needed to end at the current church for lots of reasons. And so, um, we, we ended, we had to end it. And, you know, we, we had to uh, as we call as we called it, we had to celebrate its completion. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, that is, is to the, it's been uh, almost three years. I still hear about that from people yeah. who are not happy that we, we ended the choir. Most of them are, we're not in the choir. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think leadership has to be, like I said earlier, intentional. It has to be, communicated um and you know you've got to if you're if you're leading through a big shift of some of that type or even like a worship style shift or we're going to change our target in some way you know you, people need to be heard you need to yeah. listen even if they're you're not going to change because of what they are offering People need to be heard. And so, and I'll, I'm a straight up with you. That is not number one on my gift mix uh, <laughs> level. And so it takes a lot of intentionality on my part to, uh, to be, to show the grace and patience that I need to show uh, to just hear people. Um, yeah. those, those changes are tough, man. Yeah. I think, um, I think, some of the things that we have put into place when we've made big shifts, you know, I think back to when I first came on staff, uh, I was, like I said, I was the, the assistant to the worship pastor. And so we were coming out of uh, a season where we were doing a lot of still the big orchestra type stuff. We, 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 I, so I grew up in this church and so we came from a huge choir background where it was like, you know, 80 to a hundred member choir every single week, um, and it had dwindled and dwindled. And when our worship pastor came in, he, he, you know, he wanted choir and grew up and his dad was the male chorus choir director at Anderson university. So choirs like in his, mm-hmm. his veins, you know, and you would like, all right, let's do it. Let's get it rolling again. And 12 people would show up. You, you got 150 people clamoring for it and 12 that'll actually join, you mm-hmm. know? So that was an easier one to let go, but we went through a huge style change. And so, you know, kind of moving away from like the Tommy Walker into more like the Hillsong. Mm. And so um, what it took at the beginning was a lot of conversations with senior leadership, with elders, other pastors, that everybody was on the same page Mm. together. Mm -mm -mm. Absolutely. Unity. Yeah. If you have unity in the leadership, those moments when it's hard, when you're having to listen to people because you need to do that, knowing that your leadership is, is with you is huge. And then beyond that, knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that God called you to make that change mm. doesn't always necessarily make it easier, but it does make it easier for you to sleep at night. I believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a new uh, John Egan song that just came out on his new album this last week. It's called Nehemiah, and it's mm-hmm. based off of you know Nehemiah building, uh, rebuilding the wall. And I love it. it. Says this: I will stand strong, knowing my Father is for me. Knowing my Father has called me, I'm not coming off this wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you feel God's called to make a big change, um, you have to stand strong in it. Mm-hmm. But you can stand strong and still love people through yeah, it. And absolutely. So, you know, we get people who would come, well, why aren't you doing that? And, and, and we just share the heart. This is what we feel God led us to do. This is, you know, and, and a lot of times maybe people wouldn't agree, but they couldn't, you know, they couldn't um, walk away thinking, well, they didn't pray and seek the Lord on it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so we stood firm in those decisions. And now there's no way we could ever go back. You know, it took time. It took patience. It took loving on people. But I think number one, knowing God was in it. Then number two, seeing our leadership be all um, in it together as we move forward. And then so another thing that we've done when it comes to major changes and things like that is we will schedule before a change even happens. Um, we call them influencer meetings. So we will find, all right, who's like the leader of the primetimer ministry. Let's get them in and let's share our hearts about this change. Maybe there's a couple families who are influential. Let's get them in, share the change. Because when the changes come, if if you have other people that are mm-hmm. already seeing what God is doing, they're going to do more um, to help facilitate that change in a, in a good way than what you'll ever just being able to stand up from the pulpit. And so we do these kind of influencer meetings before we did our big building campaign uh, two years ago. I mean, we spent six months just meeting with people and sharing our hearts about why we felt like this was important. And when it was actually time, the people stood up and gave millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so they were already kind of prepared, you know, because um, there's something when you're, whenever a change is coming, your leaders, your key volunteers, they don't want to hear it from the pulpit. They want to know that you care enough that you would share that change with them before it goes public to the rest of the congregation. Mm-hmm. So I think finding the right circles to be open with. And again, and if, if you grab their hearts before you move forward, their influence to the people around them is greater than what you have. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things you just described is a, is kind of a deliberate process, a slow yeah. process. You know, I think that's yeah. a, that's, that's a key. I, I know when I was new in ministry, um, I would, you know, try to take people from zero to a hundred, you know, just on the, right on the spur of the moment, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't prepare them for that. You know, I, I try to use that old, like, tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, and then tell them what you told them. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, those are three really good rules of thumb when you're dealing with big groups of people, especially. Yep. Yep. So I think just take people along with you and then be patient. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Like for us, oh my gosh, I would say maybe four years. It took before, because when I, that first two years in ministry, um, so our worship pastor, I'd be in every meeting when people came in. I mean, I I would say we took weekly meetings with people who weren't happy with the change, Mm -hmm. but then that slowly waned and it was probably four years before I could say we went a significant amount of time without somebody coming in to complain about Mm -hmm. the change, but we stayed the course. Mm -hmm. And now um, for standing strong then, I mean, this morning, our worship was like, I, I'm mixing this morning. I finally got to get back in the console for uh, behind the console for uh, a couple services. And like, I'm weeping, listening to the people sing and the hands in the, you know what I mean? Like, so 
laying that groundwork then set the table for where we are now. And I look back and go, it's worth it. I'd go through it again. Mm, that's great. That's great. Glad to hear it. So, dude, I, of all the interviews that we have shared with, with the fans of the Worship Leader Probs podcast, this is the one I'm most excited for. I think people are going to be blown away by this. I think so too. We've got for you guys a two-part interview with the one and the only Sandy Patty. I'm not going to share too much. I think just saying the name, you know who she is. But for some of us that are younger, um, that maybe don't fully understand who you're about to hear, um, many of us are doing what we do today, standing on her shoulders. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, I, I don't know what Christian CCM music specifically would look like without Sandy Patty. And so we are really excited to share with you episode one with Sandy Patty. Well, the Worship Leader Pros podcast is so excited to have Miss Sandy Patty live with us here on the podcast. Sandy, thank you so much for coming on. It is my pleasure to be able to talk with y'all. I you you brighten my day every single day. <laughs> That's I, amazing. I feel a little bit like I'm like the grandparent of this because I feel like I found y'all early on and then I just got to like share it, share it, share it. And, like, <laughs> just, and thank you. And yes. it just brings such a great joy to my heart. That's such awesome. Great joy. Thank you Man, so thank, much. And thank you for sharing it. Uh, you have done that for sure. And we are grateful. Good. Forever grateful. Wait, I've heard that. There you go. (laughs) That's awesome. I got to say, here's what's amazing. So obviously we've never met before and I was a little late coming in. I'm having a little bit of computer issues and I come and I'm watching Mr. Probs and Sandy just chatting on the video chat. The joy that comes out of your heart, Sandy, it is so palpable. Like you've not stopped smiling since I came on. I know. I think that's awesome. I mean, Mr. Probs, you know, he's a big deal in my world and (laughs) we do share some history. So we do, we do share some history. And uh, so it's been fun to catch up with you, Mr. Probs today. That's absolutely. And ditto for me. I mean, we have, there's lots of, uh, Lots of stories, lots of uh, memories. Can share and some yeah. of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need to. We, so very, very good. And it, I, I can't tell you. Like I've been texting Jeremy all day these little Sandy Patty facts, and uh, I, and some of them I had even kind of lost touch with. And so, man, just thank you, thank you so much for for taking the time. And you know what, I would not myself if I didn't say I'm so proud of you because it just you know church work is hard and sometimes there are just like hard things that happen and you just scratch your head and I just love that that you just just let us see it through a little bit of a different lens of humor (laughs) it doesn't all make all the probs go away but it just sort of lightens the load a little bit Uh, you know that's the thing that we hear probably the most is that it's so refreshing to know that I'm not the only one, you know, I'm not the only one who hears this or I'm not, you know, on Instagram, what I've been thinking all week. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it does. It it just helps. We're kind of all in this together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so like we have, one of the things I'm really excited about to have you on is that we have uh, a lot of listeners and followers of the Instagram account who are on the younger end 
of the scale. And so I, I cannot wait to like introduce them to this, this ministry, to you, to all of the experiences that you've had, uh, all of the gifts that you have given the church in terms of encouragement and songs that we can sing. And man, I just, they're going to be blown away. And I love, we prayed just before we hit record and Jeremy said, you know, there are so many people who are standing on your shoulders. I certainly am one of them. And uh, I know that there are countless others. So So thank you. A funny story. So like, um, we, we, we weren't a, a huge musical family when I was growing up. And so like, I didn't know a ton of Sa- I like I knew Sandy Patty, but I didn't know a ton of your music, but my wife now, on the other hand, she knows every song, oh, every God. word to every song. And so, uh, yesterday we were coming home from Cracker Barrel and she was like, all right, I'm giving you a Sandication right now. Like, so <laughs> I'm sorry, a what? A Sandication, an education in Sandy Patty music. A sandication. That's got to be a new hashtag. Uh, yes. I love it. That was literally her word. I'm going to give you a sandication. <laughs> and this is this is this is no lie. So we get on on Apple Music and we pull up the the essential Sandy Patty playlist. My wife is crying all the way home because of these songs, and I'm like, man, this is pretty good. And then we're just about to pull in the driveway. And uh, another time and another place came on and it was one that I knew. And one thing that moves me a lot and it is, is talent that people have because I see talent as 100% given by God. Absolutely. You know? And so like, is there a part towards the end? Do do you and Wayne kind of flip and you sing the, the, I got moved to tears. Like I'm literally pulling in my driveway <laughs> and we're both, we're both crying and I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> oh my goodness. And so all day today, like I've been in little things and like, I'm just like, so I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden somebody else, like 10 minutes later, another time and another place. Like, (laughs) it's been fantastic. Like, we've put that song as an earworm in our entire staff right now. That's fantastic. I love that. Man, that is so good. Sometime you're going to have to go on YouTube and see the video. Okay. Another time, another place. It felt like it was really good then. Now, when we look back 30 years, you know, there were mullets involved in there. <laughs> you know, lots of really curly attempt at Farrah Fawcett hair on my part. And that is amazing. So awesome. But That's it's a so beautiful awesome. video. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to have to do that. All right. So, Mr. Probs, here's what I think we should do. Because I think yep. a lot of times we have the guests come on and go, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. I think a lot yep. of people, I say we go straight into the Frank Five. All right. And we can ask question one, and I think that can cover everything. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. And this, yeah, go ahead. So I'm a six on the Enneagram. I don't okay. know if we do Enneagram in this world, but Lots I'm a six people. on the Enneagram. I'm a two. Which means I'm going to have to ask you, why is it called the Frank Five? So we call it the Frank Five because we want you to be, quite honestly, we want you to be really frank with us and be willing. There's, so there's five questions and we want you to be as open and honest as possible. And so here, I'd like to give you an idea. Um, in one of the first episodes we did with one of our interviewees, do you know who, uh, who Chris McClarney is with Jesus Culture? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So we, uh, we had a chance to actually go to the Jesus culture tour and go backstage and interview him for the podcast. And so very cool. he's telling us this story during the Frank five of being in sound check is like, guys, my ears were rocking. It sounded so good. And he goes, but I felt a little gas coming on. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to let it ride. So he goes, I passed gas and I'm looking around and everybody's looking straight at me. And I was like, what is going on? Oh. I, t- I took my ears out and the, and the PA wasn't on. <laughs> <laughs> so he just thought, man, it's rocking in my ears. This thing's got to be just. But so that, that's what we mean by the Frank five. That's the Frank five, man. Is being willing to just wow. kind yeah. of open it up and just kind of share some stuff. So, wow. And by the way, how cool was it? So we're in Fort Wayne, Indiana backstage before Jesus culture and we're interviewing this guy and it's going great. And all of a sudden he talks about growing up listening to Sandy Patty. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Soups. That's very cool. Soups, right? Mr. Prime makes my heart very happy. Totes my goats. goats. I'm the, since I'm the older guy, I have to drop some, uh, Stuff that people make fun of. So the last episode, it was totes my goats. Got it. Love it. So, okay. Here's question number five. And this, we've talked a little bit about this off the air, but um, would you be willing to share a little bit about how, how did, how did you get started in ministry? Like what, like, I know you come from a long line of incredible musicians and worship leaders. And would you tell us a little bit about how you started? Because some people won't know that, you know, so you've been Sandy Patty for all these years and like the person who really helped to put Christian music on the map. Right. And now the next chapter of your career, you are an artist in residence at a church in Oklahoma city. And so you're now leading worship every week and helping to plan and lead teams and all those things. And so you have this wealth of experience for us to all learn from. So all that to say, could you tell us a little bit about how you got started? Mr. Probs, I would love to, (laughs) Um, you know, I do. I grew up in the church. My dad was a minister of music. My mom, just a phenomenal piano player and um, my two younger brothers and Church music was just, that was just part of our DNA. And when we would be in the car, you know, on trips or just even, you know, around town, we didn't have iPads and iPhones to play games. And so my parents would start a song and we'd jump in and kind of sing. And we really kind of learned to sing parts that way. Just, just kind of just being together as a family and singing, um, my, since my dad was the uh, minister of music, and led the choir, my mom played the piano. And so the piano was actually on the floor below the platform. And if you're on the platform looking out to the congregation, it would be on stage left, down on the floor. And the piano was turned such that she could see my dad, who was in the middle of the stage, but also keep an eye on me and Mike and Craig on the front row. So we had to sit there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, 
And we'd get to acting up and my mom would just go down to the lower register of the keyboard, snap her fingers at us, and then just pick right up where she left off. And just, <laughs> it was amazing. Hashtag bro. So awesome. um, I really grew up with a great love of music. I was a shy kid in the sense that words were uncomfortable and very hard for me. But I gravitated to songs because they, ha- they had words to music. And I would think, oh, that's how I feel. But I can't really, I don't have the words to say that. So I'll just sing this song. And really, that's been a constant in my life. Um, music really has been my voice. And so I studied piano all throughout elementary and middle school and high school. Actually started in college as a piano major. Really? And here's one. Here's why I love podcasts so much: is you can stretch the story and not just give little sound bites. Yes. So here, so I went from San Diego, California, to Anderson, Indiana, to begin college and uh, as a piano major. Well, the winters are very different in Indiana than they are in San Diego, California, yes, for sure. And if you were a piano major, you had to walk through the snow to the practice rooms to practice. But my friends who were voice majors, they could just get their little pitch pipe and they could practice in their rooms and never have to leave. And it was that deeply God-led reason that I switched from a piano major to a voice major. Are you serious? But Gloria Gaither, she always said, you know, God is in the little and crazy thing. Absolutely. So uh, while I was at Anderson, I got to meet Bill and Gloria Gaither. Um, They are alums of Anderson University. And they, I actually taught piano while I was there. And so I had a couple of their kids and then they were getting ready for an upcoming tour. And Bill called and said, Hey, we're looking for a backup singer. Would you be interested in going? He knew I did a lot of studio work and um, had heard me sing at his studio. And I said, wow, let me pray about it. Yes. I mean, (laughs) some things that don't take time, right? And I feel like for those five years that I was with them, I was in master class, just watching how to read an audience, how to relate to an audience. What does your audience need? Not what new song do we want to sing? What does your audience need to hear? And I just, I watched all of that unfold. I actually never thought that I would be an artist. I was ready to be a school teacher. And when the Gaither years finished, um, I was going to finish my teaching and do that. And at the end of my sort of tenure with Bill and Gloria, a a brand new song came on the scene that was written by Dottie Rambo called We Shall Behold Him. And I had the amazing privilege of getting to be the artist to sing that song. And so Bill wanted that song at the end of every one of his concerts. And that just began to open doors I was not expecting. And it got to the point where I really had to say, God, are you opening these doors? Because if you are, I want to honor you as I walk through them. And the doors sort of kept opening and not closing and, you know, just kind of had to make a decision to 
step into that. And I did thinking, you know, a couple of years and I'm finished. And then that was 40 years ago. And okay. still kind of just okay. sharing, but I still have a heart to teach. And so I feel like I've tried to use that platform a bit mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. educate and to teach. And so I got to ask a question. So when you were, when you were in college, did you think you were a better piano player than a singer? Yes. To go that route? Yes. I, I do feel, so I'm going to use the term musician. Okay. Instead of a piano player and a singer. Okay. Because sometimes, and I'm a singer myself, so I can say this, singers are not always the best musicians. And mm-hmm. I, that's one of the things that, I'm excited that I get to work with our team as artists in residence. Yeah. That, that whole thing of skilled and trained, you know, let's learn our craft. So I knew as a pianist, I was able to understand music better. Yeah. Um, I, I always just thought of singing as my way of interacting with the world. It was my voice. I never really thought you could major in voice and, Till someone said, hey, you know, you could major in voice. And um, that worked out pretty well for everybody. Beautiful, beautiful <laughs> literature. And so okay, I am so grateful. Really quick, I, there's a couple of times that have happened over the years that, like, you know, our little cassette tracks that we used to use would quit. Mm. And so I would go to the piano and just sort of finish the concert. And I would call my mom afterwards. I go, thank you so much for making me take piano lessons. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So here's like, okay, so we have some history. So for, if you're a younger person and you're, you're discovering Sandy for the first time, if, when, when she talks about, she's being very gracious, talking about being a, a musician as a singer and a vocalist. Um, So to put it in perspective, imagine like Michael Jordan and Peyton Manning being in the same body, okay? <laughs> one of them being a singer and one of them being a piano player. That's what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. That is the kind of gift we're talking about. We're not talking about a casual pianist. Like, the girl can play. Well, that's what that's what I'm sitting here going, because, like, one of the things that that just blew me away yesterday when we were listening, when I was getting my syndication, hashtag... <laughs> we're using that that, baby we're totally using that um was like your control and your tone and i'm like this girl doesn't sing this girl sang you know what i'm saying like so if you're trying to tell me you thought you were a better piano player i'm like well then what i want to watch you play the piano then (laughs) right it's incredible so can i ask you a question yeah i'm i'm researching here so was it 1986 that yeah. pe- that the country turned on the 4th of July celebration from New York City and heard you sing the the Star Spangled Banner. That it was 1986. And did you know that was happening? Okay, so I really love this story and I often refer to this story as the best gig I ever had. <laughs> um so 1986 the Statue of Liberty was going to be rededicated. And the record company um, went to several different artists and said, Hey, let's do a record that will raise money for the Ellis Island foundation. That seemed like a fabulous idea. Um, so I was approached to do the star spangled banner 
and David Clydesdale, I, you know, I have to have David Clydesdale because we just get each other. <laughs> um, and so then David said, you know, what if we wrote a brand new verse that doesn't exist? Because the Star Spangled Banner actually has several verses mm-hmm. already. But what if we wrote a brand new verse that would kind of blend the old with the new in the Statue of Liberty? So he went to an amazing lyric writer, Claire Cloninger, <laughs> who came up with these lyrics of what is now the second verse of this version that I use. We went in the studio. David asked me, he said, now, how high do you want to go on the end? I said, David, do not write it above a B flat. Just don't. So he came back like a couple days later, we're in the studio and everything's handwritten. There's no, you know, what do you call it? Prodigy and finale and all that. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. There's none of that. So he's got these massive scores handwritten and, um, and I, the first thing I do is turn to the very last page. And the last note is a D flat, <laughs> which is significantly higher than a B flat. <laughs> yes, and it is. David says, I've heard you sing those a thousand times. Sing it once in the studio. You'll never have to sing this song live again. <laughs> so he convinced me we did that. And it was, I mean, it was the orchestration, the way David tells a story with his orchestrations is, is really amazing. Mm-hmm. So that was done. That was the spring of 1986. Just completely left my mind. ABC owned our record company at that time. ABC did this weekend long celebration of the Statue of Liberty. Um, and at the end of the weekend long celebration hosted by Peter Jennings, um, they did a video montage of all the things that happened in the week and used that version of the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, my goodness. And my phone starts ringing. It's my mother. <laughs> and I had to put her on call waiting. <laughs> okay. And, you know, somebody else is calling in and all of a sudden it it just sort of like took on this life. That was a Sunday night, Monday morning. Um, ABC called and said, our switchboards have blown up because you couldn't like put anything on social media. So everyone's calling ABC in New York. So there's some of the people who had heard me with Gaither going, what do you mean this little housewife from Indiana? Like, Sandy's been doing this for a long time, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then the other half were like, who is that? Where can I get this record? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so they came out and did a story on me. And then the Tonight Show people had been watching. And so they called that day. And it just kind of grew into this really unexpected. And I wasn't even there. I was home watching it with everyone else. And that is why I call it the best gig I ever had. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. What a surprise. What a surprise. What a surprise. And I got to be on the tonight show and got to be with Johnny Carson. Oh my Several gosh. times and just was the sweetest. Um, just a really fun season. Oh my gosh. You that, never think of the Star Spangled Banner as like being a career breaking song, but <laughs> Okay. 
So I think it came out in this episode. Like you kind of know Sandy a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to be her best friend so bad. Absolutely. She's a blast. She's a blast. And here, and here's the deal, man. Like, like back in the eighties, Sandy was doing tours of like Japan, like arena, arena tours in Japan in Christian music. And, and if, if, if your if your experience is just limited to what you know now of of Christian music, current stuff, think about like what life was like in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm. This may predate CDs. Wow. And she was filling up arenas. And she was filling up arenas. That okay? Because like, think about how many times you've seen. Just name it, building 429 mm. or um, casting crowns in like a 500 seat auditorium. Mm. That's crazy, yeah, dude. She was the, she was the, really the, the first one through the wall. Um, and uh, man, she set a mark for sure. I do have one question though. Did, did I sing to Sandy Patty? You did. You, you totally did. What was I thinking? <laughs> it was awesome, man. Dude, you got to stop me when I get like that. <laughs> it was so awesome. Well, hey, Worship Believe Props Nation, we are so thankful for you, the listeners. Hey, do us a huge favor. If you wouldn't mind, would you go to whatever your favorite podcast app is that you're listening to us on right now? Would you hit like? Would you subscribe? Would you give us a five-star rating? Again, it just helps us get out before more people and to see uh, this podcast. Try to, I mean, it's already kind of global, which is really, really hard to be able to um to, to wrap your mind around, but it just helps this podcast get out there for people. And so we are just thankful for you and for all of that you are doing to be part of our podcast. And so, um, Hey, if you haven't yet go to our Instagram account, just search at worship leader probs, hit like so many funny memes are going on there, mostly from Mr. Probs. Um, okay. So here dude gets back and his first two memes had more comments than four days worth of mine. So <laughs> He's got a dark gift for making people laugh on Instagram. <laughs> it's the dark gift. I love it. All right, guys. Well, we love you. And until next time, see ya. Do soon.